This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. Minutia Man is up next, where we talk about Prince Philip. But first, take a listen to this other great OPI show. I'm Rick Kemper. I'm Adam Howard. And we're the co-hosts of Free Kicks, a show about international and particularly English Premier League soccer. On an all-new Free Kicks. The Battle of Jose versus Oli. Plus my favorite feature, guess the Premier League star. Listen to Free Kicks on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. And because it's football, try doing it without using your hands. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. <laughs> I just decided not to say anything just to see what you would do. <laughs> I was and I was going to play off of you and then you, when you weren't doing anything I just made a stupid noise. <laughs> okay. Well, welcome back to another episode of Minutia Men with your good pals, Rick and Dave. And we have quite a show in store for you. That's all I can say right now. And I'm, I'm feeling like uh, I'm feeling like we're going to bring it. Oh, do you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what, what makes you think that? Was there something in the pre-show? It says I right mean, here on different. my notes, we're going to bring it. So, <laughs> with an, Dan, Did you do the exclamation point that looks kind of like a triangle with a big circle, too, after bring it? No, I yeah. had three exclamation points. So <laughs> oh, that oh, proves it. Three. Well, and you know what? If you're from Britain and you're listening, yeah, you're going to love this show because it's all chock full of english stuff isn't it well we've got some english stuff we've got some american stuff uh, uh-huh. uh, but you know before we get into all that how about health news would you like to hear some health news sure because i went to the doctor for the first time uh since the pandemic began other than my okay. colonoscopy this is like you know my regular checkup hadn't seen my regular doctor for 15 months mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and i saw him right before the the pandemic started so i'd like to play a little game with you called how much weight did Rick gain during the pandemic? <laughs> High, low. <laughs> oh, I love this game. I love this game. <laughs> okay. Right. You ready? Go ahead. Yeah. Now, this is weight gain. Weight right? gain. Yep. All right. So, in this period of time, you got the big lazy boy in the garage, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, you've done some garage stuff, so I you're probably spending more time there yeah. with more beer. Uh-huh. Kids are home all the time, so you're probably spending even more time in the garage. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're right. <sighs> Boy, 14 pounds. Your guess is too high. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Uh, 11. Too high. Oh, this is bullshit. Uh, <laughs> seven? Too high. Oh, come on. Did you lose weight? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, five. I uh, know. The answer is zero. I am exactly to the ounce the same weight I was somehow before the pandemic. I have no idea yeah. how, because I know at one point I had to be up at least 20 pounds. Uh, well, but you, now I'm back to where go- I was. Well, you were, you go on, and last time I saw you, and what's great about the COVID the COVID thing is we see each other like three times a year now. Yeah. But the last time I saw you, I'm like, oh, you look pretty svelte. So, and you've been doing your bike, right? And I you do. Put I, on, yeah. I, I you put on, on the, the bike news. every day. 
right? You put it. You've you put on the news, and you hate pedal. I do. Don't you? Yeah, that's so, that's what I do. So, so that is. Well, I'd like to thank good. you. I'd like to thank our completely screwed up country for allowing me to have so much venom and anger that I can, uh, you know, cycle away the pounds. We I them. went to the. I went to the doctor. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, I went to the doctor. Oh God. It's got to be about eight months ago and did my, you know, physical and got the blood work. And he I got the well, check back with me in six months, because if you don't lower your cholesterol, you've you're I'm going to put you on statins. So, you know what I did? I just haven't called them back. <laughs> right. So I'm just Sneaky. not, not going to go back. Well, it means it's probably yeah. fine. Yeah, it's, I'm sure everything is fine. So um, I am using the pandemic as, you know, it's not safe yet to go back. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, let's wait for another. It is a good excuse. Know. All right. So I think we should do a show yeah, if you don't mind. Okay. Yeah. And sure. You get to kick off. So, Rick, we lost a diehard Minutia Men listener this past week. We did? Um, yeah, Prince Philip, Queen Elizabeth's husband, oh, yeah. died at 99 yeah. on Monday. Uh, yeah. You heard that, right? He was Big a huge, fan. Yeah. huge listener. Uh-huh. Uh, not that I'm particularly surprised that he died or... He was 99. Yeah, right. And I've gotten to know him from the crown, right? Yeah, I right. mean, I kind of get an idea of who he is. Seems like a pretty kind of good guy, you know. Um, not everybody did like him, and I sent you a piece of audio... Of an Australian comedian finding out that Prince Philip died. Do you, ha- do you have that handy? Uh, yes. Hang on a second. Here it is. I'll play it for you. <clears throat> Prince Philip? I can't is 3,000 years old. I'm pretty sure he invented racism. <laughs> he just died. It is with deep sorrow that Her Majesty the Queen has announced the death of her beloved husband, the Royal Highness. (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. (laughs) So, um, you know, I'm sure... You know, it was met with some sorrow in Britain. You know how those people love the, you know, the royals. Yeah, sure. Uh, but evidently, not everybody is particularly happy with the BBC because it, it appears that they are running Prince Philip tribute like 24-7. Okay, I mean, it's <laughs> right. like, it's wall-to-wall dead. Enough dead already. Prince we Red. get it. He's dead. <laughs> uh, they even went as far as um, preempting MasterChef okay. and Gar- Gardener's World. And the one thing you do not mess with Brits is their yeah. gardens, right? I mean, that is something that you don't do. Um, but I wanted I want to tell you some of the comments that was left on the BBC's Twitter feed okay. from pissed off of viewers. Um, here, you want to hear a couple? Yeah. Uh, this is the bloody worst episode of The Crown ever. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the Prince's Oprah interview is off, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is my, probably my favorite crap. Now he can't host racist Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> so um, in honor of the prince's life and uh, the ridiculous amount of politically incorrect statements that he's made over the years, I've compiled a little quiz. Can you cue up the Minutia Men quiz jingle? Yeah, here we go. Time now for a Minutia Men. Minutia Men. Minutia quiz. Uh, so I'm, uh, first category is going to be racism. Um, and what what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you four statements, okay, that Prince Philip said. Well, one of them he didn't say. Okay. But three of them he did say. All uh, right. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. He told the president of Nigeria while he was dressed in traditional robes on a visit in 2003, you look like you're ready for bed. Oh, okay. Boy. That's yeah. the first one. Okay. Um, in 2002, an, uh, he talked to an original businessman and asked do you still throw spears at each other <laughs> okay uh the third one prince philip told british students in china during a 1986 state visit if you stay here much longer you'll all be slitty eyed okay and the, the fourth one in 1993 while visiting israel he asked then minister of finance avraham shokat if he had any trouble finding a Jewish accountant over here. Okay, so we've got Nigerian bedrobes. Do you still throw spears at each other? Uh, Slitty-eyed and Jewish accountant. Which I'm, one? I'm going uh, Jew accountant. Yes, you're right. Yeah. He said the other three, yeah. but he did not say the <laughs> Jewish accountant. That's the one thing okay. you can't say. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Next category, just general insensitivity, as I'm calling it. Um, in 2002, after the Queen asked a 15-year-old British boy who was blinded in an IRA bombing how much sight he had left, the Duke of Edinburgh chimed in and asked and said, not a lot, judging by the tie he's wearing. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. In 1993, during the annual Open Door Day, and that's where the royals open the castle up to everyday people, uh -huh. right? He asked a 15-year-old underdeveloped Mary Wilkerson if she's hoping to become as ample as her buxom mother who is standing beside her. Wow. Okay. Uh, three, um, upon being shown art from Ethiopians, he said, it looks like the kind of thing my daughter would bring back from school after her art lessons. And four... He told the 13-year-old boy, Andrew Adams, you're too fat to be an astronaut on a school visit in 2001. So which one of those did he not say? I'm going to say the daughter one. Yes. you're. Well, you you know Prince Philip. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. So No, I know Dave Stern. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Uh, but much our, 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 our thoughts and prayers to yes. the... Uh, to the royals right they've had a rough go lately very much so but this is a very historic uh, show because my my story is also a uh, historical one and that is 156 years ago wednesday a theater full of people laughed the most consequential laugh in american history dave a murderer named john wilkes booth Oh. A very bad man, surely not a Lincoln fan. A Lincoln fan, uh huh. Knew exactly when the audience was going to laugh and used that noise of the laugh to cover his assassination of the President mm. of the United States. Would you like to hear that joke? Sure. This is the joke that made the crowd laugh. 
time. Tragedy plus time. I think I'm allowed to do this okay. now. Right? Yeah, 156 yeah. years. I think. Yeah. yeah, I think you're all right. Uh, here's the line. I know enough to turn you inside out, old gal, you sockdologizing old man trap. Yes. <laughs> you know who deserved to get shot was the guy who wrote the, was it, what was the name of the play? Um, uh, the play was Our American Cousin. It was written by an Englishman named Tom Taylor. It's like a fish out of water comedy. Um, and let me read the 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 script here uh, a vermont hick named asa trenchard a blunt boorish american sort appears among posh english society as their heir to a family fortune you know he's like basically the beverly hillbillies or yeah, the, right. the fresh prince of bel-air or yeah. something like that he refuses to take a bath he says skedaddle and he calls cows he calls milk cow juice and I'm sure if there was a pool there, he would have called it a cement pond. But uh, you know, anyway, that that that's the point of the of the thing that whatever I, that joke I just told you has something to do with all of that. There's like a 17 paragraph explanation of it. I'm not going to go into it. Instead, what it made me do was look for other 19th century jokes. Would you like to hear a few of them? Oh, sure. I love 19th century. Humor. Now, these are all Dom real. Deloise. These are all real 19th century jokes. But I must admit, it took me like 300 of them to find three that are even semi-amusing. Okay. So, so minutia men would have been huge oh, back in the... What oh, a God, We would have just... They just loved us. All right, here we go. Lady H one day said to her lord, who is much attached to reading, I wish I was a book that I might always have your company. Then he answered, then answered he, I should wish you an almanac that I might change once a year. Okay, not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Right, okay. Not great, but not bad. No, no, no. Better than the, the... Lincoln shot joke. Yeah. Mama, said Johnny, can anybody hear with their mouth? No, child. I don't think they can, replied the mother. Then, Mama, what made Mr. Jones tell sister he wanted to tell her something and put his lips to her mouth instead of her ears? There's nothing funnier than than sexual harassment back in 19th century sexual harassment. Okay. How about some prison humor? I've got some sure. This is this one is from Ireland in the in the nineteenth century. On my first day of prison, my cellmate said to me, "If you ever come close to me, I will skin you alive. When you when we're sleeping, you don't touch me. You hear me? Don't ever talk to me neither." Bloody great! I thought first day I'm in here and I'm already married. All right, not bad. <laughs> you know, not, again, not great, but. You know, yeah, it's as good as it gets. So basically, for 156 years, marriage just has not changed. Yeah, is that what? We're yeah, basically? The, those seem to be the only universals uh, over the 150 years. Hey, by the way, if you're a fan of this uh, of this network and you're a fan of some of the Opie shows that uh, Tony Lasano pumps out, uh, you you should note that the car guys are oh, all hundred. Uh, yeah, hundred uh, hundred episodes, right? Yeah. So, uh, tip of the cap to the car, go- car guys, um, Informed Automotive. Uh, be sure to check it out. Mark Vernon is the host of that show. And, and Mark Constable. And, right? What's that? Uh, uh, Lou. Lou. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. Lou Constable. 
Um, so please, please check it out. It's their hundredth episode. I, I hear Nipsey Russell will be there. The uh, the Mark and Lou dancers. Um, they'll <laughs> have white. Uh, yep. Uh, yep. Uh, Mario the, and Tretti. Uh, yeah. Um, the, Robbie Wrist actually. Robbie Wrist texted me. Did I tell you this? No. <laughs> I wished I wished Robbie Wrist a happy birthday, and he said thanks. No. Oh. Okay, <laughs> that's the text. So, Rob, well, that's Peter. Cousin Oliver texted me. Yeah, it's better than nothing. All right, it's time yeah. for our another segment, and we call this one uh, Studio Walls. Time now for Studio Walls. And the words of the prophets were written on the Studio Walls. As we record this show, Dave is still riding high because there was a no hitter. Pitched yeah, by the White Sox almost, almost a perfect game, right? Carlos Rodon yesterday, and I actually didn't take my Ambien, so to so I was able to watch it. And I watched the whole thing, and then I took my Ambien immediately. Uh, yeah, he looked great. He um, did. They uh, the Sox every year, you know. I think I think we've thrown a no hitter. Well, last year was Giolito, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll have another two or three before the end of the year, I would imagine. Oh, I'm sure. It's But anyway, the reason I bring up the uh, White Sox, uh, not just to stroke Dave, uh, it's also because in our Rick and Dave archives, there are many baseball-related things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a subject that Dave and I keep returning to because I'm a Cubs fan and he's a White Sox fan. It's kind of a mixed marriage. But in 1997 this week, Dave, um, our... Uh, our forces combined to try to get you a job because in 1997, after Commissioner Faye Vincent had been forced to resign as the commissioner of Major League Baseball, and Bud Selig had taken uh, the job as an interim basis, Selig announced that baseball was looking for a full-time commissioner. Dave Stern. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember this. I remember this. Thought it would be I funny. I love stories about me. Go on. Funny to apply for the job. And this is the letter you sent. I still have it. It's right here. Okay. To whom right. it may concern. It has come to my attention that you and your colleagues are currently in search of a new commissioner of baseball. You stated that ideal candidate should be an expert in marketing, television, and labor, and have a strong presence to preside over all ceremonial functions. Allow me to address each of your concerns point by point. As you can see from my enclosed resume, I was the marketing manager of a Kinko's in Champaign. <laughs> My experience in television is vast. Among my viewing credits, MASH, Donna Reed Show, and the Dick Van Dyke Show. I p- particularly enjoyed the episode where Danny Thomas played Kolak from the planet Twilo. My experience in labor is equally extensive. I have rented and even watched once Norma Ray several times. I also worked in a rubber stamp factory in high school, which involved a great deal of manual labor. As far as a strong presence during ceremonial events, my excellent performance opening the ark at my niece's bat mitzvah <laughs> and breaking the glass at my wedding are among my all-time highlights. Videos available upon request. Finally, I feel my greatest asset is my name. Imagine if both the NBA and the Ma- and Major League Baseball had commissioners named David Stern. That's the kind of free publicity you couldn't buy. Sincerely, David Stern. Uh, P.S. My baseball knowledge is also superb. My 120 and 42 record in Sega Genesis speaks for itself. (laughs) Now, that's a pretty... I sound great. 
It's a funny letter, but the funniest part of this story has not happened yet. The funniest part yeah. is that you got a response. I did. You from got Bud re- Selig, right? From Bud yeah, Selig got- himself. Yeah. Dear yeah. Mr. Stern, thank you for your recent letter. I appreciate your interest in the commissioner's job, and I will certainly share your letter with members of the commissioner's search committee, which has just been convened. Thank you for taking the time to write me and for your interest in Major League Baseball. Sincerely, Bud Selig. That was very nice. You also got a letter. I mean, I just can't believe that. He just tossed it in the garbage. But you also yeah. got one from Peter O'Malley, the president of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Dear Mr. Stern, <laughs> Peter O'Malley is currently out of town, but I know he will appreciate your thoughtful letter, which arrived this morning. We are grateful to you for taking the time to write, and we believe that baseball will soon identify a full-time outside independent commissioner to restore the public's confidence in the game. Best wishes, Tasha Duncan, administrative assistant to Peter O'Malley. Now, this close, Rick, this close. It's not over yet because that was just the first step. You made it to the second step where they had an executive search consultant group come in and then they sent you a letter. Dear Mr. Stern, thank you very much for your interest in the position of commissioner of Major League Baseball. At this stage, many candidates are under consideration for this position. We will share your credentials with the appropriate individuals and will contact you should we need further information. Again, thank you for your interest. Sincerely, Theodore Jadick, managing partner. You know, I'm going to call that son of a bitch. We got to get him on the call. We, we got to get him on the show. And to, why have I not heard yet? It's been 24 years or 28 well, years, right? The funny thing was the person that ended up getting the job was Bud Selig himself. The whole thing was a giant sham. <laughs> you know, he was he just gave the job to himself. Either that or all the other candidates were as unqualified as you. You know what I could do to Bud Selig? I could kick his ass in Sega Genesis Baseball. Just all over the place. Is, is Bud Selig still alive? Yeah, I think so. I think he still owns the Brewers. All right. We got to try to get... Let's try to get Bud Selig on the show. <laughs> let's not. Uh, coming up, we still have a lot more. Uh, Dave and I have each uh, got one more story to share with you. And we'll give you a, uh, a big tease for who our, our guest coming up this week is because it's a, it's, a, it's a big one. But if you tune in right now to Minutia Men Celebrity Interview, this is who you'll hear. On the Minutia Men Celebrity Next. Interview. Rick, we talked to Chicago journalist, beer lover, and founder of Block Club Chicago, the city's leading hyper-local news source, Seamus Toomey. Listen to Minutia Men Celebrity Interview on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts, just search for Radio Misfits. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. On Back to You, we're going to find out if Steve and I are couth or uncouth. That is the question. (laughs) It's very uncouth to giggle at that. That's on Back to You. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. You can find Back to You on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. The Stick to Everything podcast with Larry Hawley and Paul M. Banks and During this program, we will stick to everything and avoid nothing as we try to inform you on topics of news, sports, pop culture, maybe even beverages. Most importantly, we hope you have a good laugh, a good cry, and maybe also even learn something while you're here. That would be a good episode. Listen to Stick to Everything on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Radio Misfits. And we're back. All right, Dave, what, uh, what do you got? So to keep with our 
worldwide British theme. Uh, you know who Nigel Farage is, right? Yeah, he's the Brexit guy, right? Yeah, 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 right. He's um, yes, he, and he's kind of a crack potty kind of guy. Yeah, right? he's, he's kind of a, a big Trump guy, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, he got punked at this past week. Um, you're familiar with the video sharing app Cameo, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what that is? I do. Um, for our listeners who don't, it's basically a an app or a website that you can go on and you can get celebrities for a price to give a little shout out, right? Yeah. Um, our, our lawyer, Scott, had um, Roger Stone do one for our other buddy Jeff, didn't he? That yeah. was... Didn't he? Yeah, he did. Didn't he do that? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's well, that's the level of celebrity you're going to get, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the mooch is on it, too. Yeah. Um, you're not you're not going to get a uh, Tom Hanks. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. No. But if you need a mooch or if you yeah. need, a, you know, a Roger Stone, fine. Yeah. Um, well, it appears that somebody felt that it was worth 69 pounds to have a little fun. I sent you an audio. Well, I actually sent you the video. Do you have that handy by any chance? I do. I can play it for you right now. Shall I? Yeah, beautiful. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, please. Happy birthday, Hugh Janus. I've heard you're a massive fan of <laughs> Shez Wheelie and her battle against Cal the Dragon. How could I help to make sure Shez Wheelie wins the war against Cal and his garden gnome army? And this is from... The lads, lads, lads. Happy birthday. <laughs> That's the kind of thing you would do to me. <laughs> so if anybody didn't catch it, it was Hugh Janus or Hugh Janus. Uh, but what I love about this, I mean, I love the obvious potty humor there, but did you even understand what the other no, thing was? Not at all, the did you? <laughs> No, the fighting with the garden gnomes or whatever. And old old Nigel's like, hey, it's 69 pounds. What the hell? You know, grass- money is money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So here you go. So for 69 bucks, go on Cameo, and pretty much Nigel will do anything that you want. Okay, I love it. Uh, you know, the, during this pandemic, lots of uh, new trends have uh, sprung across this country, and one of them is really unexpected. I saw this article in Oprah Daily. Because, you know, I'm a huge Oprah Daily fan. Um, And here it is. Uh, Bird watching. Bird watching isn't new. The term itself is thought to be coined in 1901 by ornithologist Edmund Celius with his book Bird Watching, which popularized the radical idea of observing birds while they were alive. Well... It's not really very popular in in America normally, but since March of 2020, the pastime's popularity has ticked up considerably. Sales of bird feeders and feed are soaring. It's now $2.2 billion in projected Whoa. sales for 2021 for people that are birders. Oh, and is that, that what they're called, birders? They're birders. birders. Yeah. Okay. And it's the most... Uh, birders that we've ever had in this country, according to Oprah Daly. And if you can't trust Oprah. Yeah. She's no Nigel, but sure. Now, I I know that you know this because I've told you over the years, but uh, my family actually has a longtime association with birds. And it's something that I discovered by accident. Uh, When I published my first book, I created a Google alert for my last name so I could be alerted if anybody said anything about my book. Which they never did, right? Or very almost never did. But what did happen is I started getting these Google alerts about other Kempfers. And Kempfer is a very unusual name. Uh, even in Germany, there are very few Kempfers. And uh, what I found out is that the Kempfers that do exist 
a lot of them have something to do with birds. In, in the 1690s, there was an explorer named Engelbert Kempfer, who was one of the first European explorers in the Orient. And he didn't go there looking for riches. He went there to collect samples of plants and chronicle, chronicling huh. unusual birds. This goes back to the 1690s. Last year, I got one. In the 1870s, there was a Fred Kempfer who lived in Chicago and was one of the preeminent bird fanciers. That's what they called it at that time in town. And he's listed in the Lakeside Annual Directory of Chicago for 1876. So if you get a time machine, you find yourself really needing a birdcage in 1870 Chicago, swing by you his shop. Kempfer. Yeah. You, you go to Kempfer's. 127 Clark, by the way. Uh, he'll sell, he'll sell oh. you one. Then I found out about Emil Kempfer, who is maybe the well, most... Was it Im- Hugh Janus Kempfer? What would you say? <laughs> What's his name? Emil. E-M-I-L. Okay. It's okay. pronounced Emil in German. Emil Kempfer, who is the greatest birdman in all of South America during the 1920s and 1930s, and has two birds that are named after him. There's, really? Yes. There are two Kempfer birds. Kempfer's toady tyrant was discovered okay. in Brazil in 19... I'm not making these up. In 1929. Yeah. Look them up on Wikipedia. Kempfer's woodpecker. There is a Kempfer's yeah. woodpecker. It's a real thing. Um, and that was also found in Brazil. And I read more about these birds. And tell me uh, if they sound like they could be named after a Kempfer. You ready? Okay. All right. So wait, wait. Before you start. Yeah. Is there gout? Do any of these not these far off? Out? Not far okay. off. Do they? When a little birdie sits down, does it go? Does, <laughs> not does, far is that off. What the not far okay. off. <laughs> All right, hit me. Kempfer's toady tyrant is ten <laughs> centimeters long. So okay. right there, that <laughs> ties in. You know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, the eyes have rings under them. Okay. <laughs> Works, like they're sleepy right? birds. Okay. And I'm not making this up. The call that the that the toady tyrant makes is a series of quit notes. That's what they call it. Quit notes. And who quits more than me? Am I right? Yeah. Okay. The, the, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the bird actually goes, ugh, again. Or do I have to? Right? Exactly. Kempfer's woodpecker has a red face <laughs> perfect yep and and the and the back and chest are covered with a, like a, a a black hair which again <laughs> <laughs> both are considered endangered species kempfers are beautiful and rare but red face with rings under their eyes and they don't say anything except quit and that is your bird news for this week and the the birds are lousy parallel parkers. Uh, I am not right. a lousy parallel parker. You have to have a little pieces of pickle in yeah. the bird seed, or they uh-huh. refuse to eat their bird seed. I just uh, how, how many uh, birds do you have named after you? Um, yeah, that's what, what would what would be my yeah my bird would be always getting lost, you know, never yeah. ending up when they migrate, and it, I'd end up in you know Idaho <laughs> if I was going you know to canada uh, well that's good that's good that there are the more famous kempfers are there so there's quite a few more famous kempfers than you basically. yes exactly so yeah. let's talk about um the exciting guest that we have this week on manisha Men's celebrity interview 
we um, really had the great fortune of talking to, I don't know, how would you describe our guest, Rick? Um, well, he's a radio legend. star. A, uh, yeah. A, a Chicago radio legend, right? Um, in the early ni- or in the 90s, and especially the early part of the 90s, for my money, he was probably the best broadcaster in the yeah. city. We're ta- think? Yeah. We're talking um, about Kevin Matthews. Kevin right. Matthews, and, who was on the loop uh, in Chicago in the 80s and 90s. And uh, we have uh, uh, the chance to talk to him. We talked to him for quite a long time. And if you'd like to hear part of that, uh, here's, here's, a, here's a story that he told about what the Chicago Bears did to him one day. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. Thayer and Steve McMichael and uh, Kevin Butler came in and just duct taped me to a chair then steve mcmichael took a knife and cut all my clothes off and then the girls put lipstick all over my head and you know this is on the radio the mics are open and then they wheeled me down and put me chestnut and michigan avenue at about five o'clock on a friday and just left me there oh my god it was awesome they were hitting me in the in the arm, you know, in like Mongo is really hit me. And then Thayer would hit me. And I would say to Tom, boy, the defense sure can hit a lot harder than the offense. <laughs> oh and I mean, and he would just wind up and they've all got Super Bowl rings on and they're just beating the piss out of me. If you'd like to listen to the entire show, listen to Minutiaman Celebrity Interview on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. Well, Dave. Another one's in the book. Another one in the book. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasana with opishows.com. Uh, Opi is hippo backwards, O-P-P-I-H shows.com. We're distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place, radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week with a brand new episode of Ocean This Opi podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. Oh, this is stupid. No one believed this, yeah. The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of OPI Productions. Tony, can you shut up? I'm Sam. I'm Kimmy. And it's Tommy. On Ant Friends, Kimmy tells us how she orgasms and how we don't. Yeah, since like 10 to 15% of women like never climax under any circumstances. Listen to Ant Friends on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, we talk about the subscription trend with new cars. Plus a rad 1977 AMC Hornet. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for this story and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. The Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Reconcile the Isle. Welcome to season two of Reconcile the Isle. 
in season one, my characters and I had in-depth interviews with social justice warrior icon types. This season, we're going to be focusing on the degenerate media. We'll be speaking to people who've worked with Netflix, The New Yorker, Comedy Central, about how they create comedy and if comedy has the power to change minds and hearts. There will also be a smattering of people from journalism and academia who are working to create media to affect change. We're also going to include a special segment called Mailbag, where I'm going to take questions from the audience and use what we've learned here so far on the podcast to attempt to give you an answer. Uh, Not as an expert, but as a friend. Also chiming in, of course, will be my characters such as Melania Trump. I still DB best of DB best. Grandma Carmela Ravoli. I'm always happy to join the podcast if I have a martini first. And Judy, the manager of the Park Slope Food Co-op. Welcome to the Anti-Oppression Podcast episode. I'll see you in two weeks. The Radio Misfits Podcast Network.